Previously on The Forge. I wonder who's going to save all those all those folk up in the in the church level then. <laughs> As you look around, you kind of are reminded that even though you're doing really well, the rest of the city is not doing great. It's almost as if every single person who was within the, the inner stronghold who died resurrected here. The cracks around the church grow wider and you see it sink, but you don't hear a crash. Instead, you hear a, a, a plop. Looking over the edge, you see a fresh pool of lava. The Griffin's Roost was the best way out. As the weight that was in this tower shifts, you can hear the wood boards and pillars begin to kind of creak and splinter. You get your four griffins down and bring them down there, and you're preparing to turn into your bird farm again when the tower collapses. One of the dwarves scrambles onto the back of this griffin. The lava has flowed down from the mouth of the inner portion of the stronghold down each and every tier of the outer city. You guys fly down and nobody asks. They know. And in all reality, like, they could blame you for your cowardice of leaving them behind, but then they'd have to take responsibility for their cowardice of escaping before them. You guys are in a field. You are surrounded by the, like, I think it was 60 plus people that you guys managed to save. And I think you have like 30 griffins total right now. And you guys are a safe distance from Groverlim, but Groverlim is still erupting. Um, anyone want to roll a quick nature check to get us started off? I have nature because I'm a druid. I'll do that. 13. Are you sure? Are you sure it's 13? I just have to check because you can't add. Oh, fuck you. Yes, it's 13. You you guys know that you are totally safe from the active volcano that is going off near you, not necessarily close to you, but you guys are not in any immediate danger from the volcano. You know you are on the edge of the Limbic range, which is the range that Groover, the mountain range that Groover Limb is attached to. And then you know that you are five days a five days walk from Grand Cathedral. You are one day from the township of Skagdal, which is attached to the Cligant Range, another small mountain outcropping to the west. And then also looking around, it looks like the only tracks or trails that you see are from the people who were taken down from the top of Groverlim. All right. I relay this information to everybody. Oh, that's where we are. Have we um, rested since getting here? Or has this just, like, we just got here? No. Okay. Humility feels like garbage. So does Sylvie. <laughs> just like hot, hot, raging garbage. feel like we need to get these people somewhere. And they're all looking at you guys to kind of tell them where to go. Because you're the adventurers that helped save them and they're all lost. If you guys recall, a majority of these people do not have phylacteries. So they're all very frightened and kind of just waiting for you to make the decision of what to do next. Can I take one of the griffins and fly up and see if there are any other like escaped like groups from Grooverlim, like any other evacuation groups like around? You walk over to one of the griffins and the roostmaster steps in front of you and says, whoa, whoa there, last. That's these guys. 
they're a bit tired out. They just carried all of us from that mountain up there down to here. Like we can't, they can't do that again. They need at least another, another few days rest before they can even take off. And if you want, you can roll an animal handling check or a nature check. I got a three nature check. Um, that griffin looks tired. I think we should probably, I don't know, would Grand Cathedral probably be the the best place to march to? I think we need to start a car- caravan and protect these people, get them there, get them their phylacteries. I agree. We should move up a little bit and then take a rest, though, because I think we're all more than tired, especially the griffins. I have zero AP. Did anybody who has a phylactery outside Grooverlim make it off the mountain, or did we leave everybody up there? Um, you guys do have some people who have phylacteries, but a majority of them do not have phylacteries right now. Because I basically want to, essentially, this sounds really bad, but I want to like recruit those people that have phylacteries still um, to like kind of be our point guards on all like all around the group. Yeah, to make like a ring of people that can protect the others on the inside as we move. Yeah. The Roostmaster is one of the people with phylacteries with with a phylactery and he says um the trip to Grand Cathedral it's it is a 5 days walk and the griffins they won't if we're marching the whole time they're not going to be any use to anyone. Ah. Uh. Do we need to rest first or what are you suggesting? Well, Skagdoll's a day away and then there they've got plenty of food for my griffins. They've they've got a, a, a shelter. There's a there's a road from Skagdoll to, to Grand Cathedral. There, I don't know if you've noticed there are no roads here. That means that nobody travels here. Everybody is everybody's in danger if we stay off the road. Okay, then I would say let's go to Skagdoll, let the Griffins rest up, let everybody rest up, and then we make the trip over there because the Griffins could probably fly or follow the road while we're down on the road. You know, everybody just needs a rest safely. Yeah, maybe we can address how my griffins, what my griffins do when we, when they're rest up. I think that it's a smart thing to follow his advice and go to Skagdal. I didn't even realize that Skagdal would be, you know, a shorter walk because it looks a, a similar distance to Grand Cathedral as to Skagdal. But, um, yeah, no, that sounds good to me. All right, so do we rest here first and then go to Skagdal, or do we just start walking to Skagdal? Um, it's currently, like, afternoon, so probably between uh, four and five in the afternoon right now. And from what you understand, it's a, it's a full day walk to Skagdal. I suppose we should have everyone set up camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Um, Let's... I mean, let's not just, like, camp here because this is where we landed. Let's, you know, kind of scout out around and see if there's any any optimal places with, like, more shelter or, you know, more protection. And then we should set up uh, watch rounds as well. Go ahead and roll a survival check. Everyone? If you guys are trying to find a... Uh, anyone who's trying to find a good way of survive, like, basically, like, shelter and whatever Britt just said. Ten. I got a fifteen. I also got a fifteen. There's no shelter nearby, unfortunately, at least no safe shelter. So you guys are just going to be stuck in this field because anywhere safe is going to be either in the forests about a half day's walk or like any place with shelter is going to be in the forest about a half day's walk from you east towards Gagdal or um, back toward the Limbic Range, which is kind of erupting right now. This is unfortunately the safest spot. You guys are um, more southern than your Aetherhold group, so... It being spring, the the nights do get a bit chilly, but it's survivable. 
Yeah, let's set up camp. Let's get some fires going. Let's um, see if we have any hunters in the in the group who can find us some food, um, or we can go find food or whatever. Did I say set up rounds already? Set up rounds. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Humility's in like survival mode right now. She's not, you know, she she <laughs> she doesn't have a lot of emotion. It's just kind of here's what we're doing. Let's just get it done and let's just keep these people safe while we can. Is there enough? wood around like sticks lumber that we can like pile on and start making like a good bonfire probably not a bonfire but you guys could maybe make a couple smaller fires but there's definitely not anything big enough nearby and then also you'd be worried that perhaps you'd start this nice big brush fire in this open dry spring field yeah let's just get a few uh controlled fires going um you guys are able to do that with uh with your 15 and your 10 survival check one thing that the roostmaster points out as you're um talking about this stuff is having having hunters is is real real great but i don't know if you've you've really taken a good hard look at who you're helping here like these are these are royalty and and nobles and shopkeepers like they're not and he kind of motions for the around the crowd as they're all just staring at you three, wide-eyed, horrified. A couple of them definitely in shock. He's just like these these guys have never hunt, hunted for anything in their life. I interrupt him and I say, "Look, I appreciate all your input, and I really do appreciate all of your help. But if you could just focus on those people, that would be great." And I walk off into the forest to go find food. Or walk off uh, somewhere to go find food. You you leave Boyd with steam coming out of his ears a little bit, but he doesn't he doesn't follow you, and he decides to start tending to the the people. Um, he starts having them huddle up, um, group up with some of the Griffins, the bigger Griffin. Um, if you guys remember, Mama I think Griffin. that was Omega. Yeah, Mama Griffin. Oh, Mama Griffin. Um, <laughs> he has a bunch of the like younger folk without phylacteries group up with her, and then he keeps Alpha by his side. For the most part, I do tell my robot to stay with the group and protect them instead of coming with me. Okay. Humility, as you're off wandering around alone looking for food, go ahead and roll another survival check. Humility is not a happy camper right now. Uh, eight. Okay. Um, you're able to catch a couple small things like a, a hair or two. And as you get, as you stray further and further from the camp, you end up, I don't know, how long do you think you hunt? Um, <laughs> as long as it takes for me to cool off and maybe get some food for at least the kids that we have over there. Okay. Two hours. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, with Humility's background of just kind of living on the streets and having to scrounge up food, like she's pretty good at it. Two hours with a survival of eight, you're able to get like three hairs and you managed to stop a coyote who was chasing one of your hairs. Um, so you, you've got some food, but as you're walking, you do see the edge of the tree line. It's it's still a good distance away. Go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Another eight. Another eight. You're kind of squinting in there and judging if you can maybe get there fast enough to get some food, but it's it's still like three hours to walk over there. So you're like you're basically able to see the tops of the trees. Um, cause you're, you're in a bit of a hilly region, so you're able to, you're able to see this as you're looking at it, the sun is starting to set. It's not quite set, but you think you maybe see some lights like shining in the dimness. And then you hear like this faint sound of crying. Um, it's almost, it's almost like it's like 
carried by the wind or something. Like a child crying? Yeah, like an infant crying. And it it's just for a moment, and then it's gone. Could I gauge how far away that was? With your perception check, no. Is it possible to maybe kind of sneak in that direction for a few minutes and see if I catch ear of it again? Uh, go ahead and roll another perception check and a stealth check. 15 stealth. 11 perception. Okay. You are definitely able to hear it again. You're not really any closer to the trees, but as you're walking, you hear a a shuffling through the long grass, the long dry grass um, nearby, and you stop and duck down. And the shuffling is continuing, but it's, it's kind of adjacent to you heading toward the trees, and you hear a little whimper again. Um, this one much closer in the direction of the sound of shuffling. And you look up and try to see through the grass and you can't really see anything. You just see the grass shifting a little bit. You could try a nature check to try to figure out what that is. Yeah, I'll do that. She's about to die by herself. No. Ten. Ten. Um, holy shit, you totally know. You totally know because of a thing that you read two chapters ago. That is, so you, I don't know if you personally recall, but it's only been a couple of weeks. It's only been actually like, yeah, two weeks since Humility read this note in um, Mathis's office, an old, old note about this creature that would kind of summon those without souls to its side. And then together, they would eat the souls of the living. You recall that that creature that summons the soul, the the soul-less, is called a brooding mother. And that those without souls are infants born without souls, and they are called the soulless. And based off of this information, you totally know that's what is happening, is something is calling to this creature from the trees, and it is trying to get to it. From the trees. Yes. So it's it's crawling in the opposite direction of the camp. Yes, it is. Okay, I go back to camp. Okay. Sylvia and Virgil, what have you been doing? Just getting those fires set up? Yep, just playing pick-up sticks and putting them in a nice pile for the kiddos. Everybody's the kiddos, all of them. Yes, they're all the kiddos. They're all like I 200 years fair. younger. Than <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that's the, that's the attitude. I'm just like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Uh, a couple of the children who don't really know what's going on, they uh, enjoy your more positive attitude and come along with you and ask you to tell a story. All I have are like really bloody, gory stories, but I'll do it with a smile on my face. <laughs> do you want to roll a charm check? Hmm. <laughs> no, but I have a nat five appeal. Some of the kids are frightened by the stories that you tell, but a couple others are just like, ah, okay. (laughs) This guy's just telling us a fairy tale. (laughs) Um, But they they dig it. Sylvie, what are you doing? Um, I would say I'm helping, um, like, set up fires and stuff. But I was also wondering if I could um, maybe, like, look around to see if there's any, like, items that I could maybe find that could help with, like, potions or poison someday or something um you absolutely can roll a survival check a fresh one um 12 
Nice. I'm going to go ahead and give you a few things. For the most part around here, it's just mushrooms, just because it is beginning of spring, so it is still a little bit cold and dry. Um, You find some raid earth shrooms. You find some chaga cap, which I think your character already has. You find a cloud cap. You'll find some other stuff later. You do find some blood moss and no sewer shrooms today. You do find this little teeny tiny um, like sproutling of a flower called uh, cat's eye. And it's it's like just starting to come up, but it still has the same alchemical property, properties as if it's fully grown. While you're wandering around, you also find a death cap, some lichen on like some stones and stuff, some loose fur. With a nature check, you could identify what that fur yeah, is. I want to. It's from the lichen. No, I'm kidding. Probably is. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll a nature check. Because <laughs> when you first said lichen, I was like, oh, fuck, there's a werewolf? <laughs> like, what? Fuck, shit. <laughs> Not again. Shit. I got a 10 with that nature check. It, it looks like direwolf fur. With the rest of that time, you guys regroup, and the Roostmaster has set up watch. Most of the people who do not have phylacteries, especially the children, are kept in the center of camp by Omama, whose real name is Omega, but we're calling her Omama now. Omama. Um, <laughs> I love it. And then some of the more fit folks who do have phylacteries are stationed around the edge of camp. They each have their own small fire to keep them warm while they watch. But they're not like they're not like adventurer strong. They're like we do CrossFit occasionally. And uh, that's it. The dwarves have CrossFit. They have CrossFit and Pilates, and that's that's what these these folks do. I don't actually know what Pilates is. I just know that my grandma does them. <laughs> so maybe Virgil also does Pilates. Does Virgil do Pilates? Every time before I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like none of us know what Pilates is. Uh, you guys all have made camp, and you're staying for the night. Do you guys watch at different portions of the night as well? Um, I'll take first shift. Yeah. And how long are your shifts? Four hours. How many people can watch? Um, the, the Roostmaster has already taken care of everybody else watching. It's just a matter of whether or not you guys want to also take watches, how long your shifts are, and how long you guys plan on resting. Uh, let's rest for like uh, nine or ten hours, and each of us take shifts of like three hours. Sounds good. Really quick. When I get back, I ask to speak to um, Virgil and Sylvie and the Roostmaster. All right. Do you take them outside of the protective circle? Maybe just to the outside, like close enough that if anything were to happen, we could get back there very quickly, but like out of earshot. Okay. Sounds good. Um, And this is after I um, give everybody the food and tell them that if they don't know how to cook it, I'll cook it when I get back. A few, a few people do know how to cook it, and they'll they're like, "Oh yeah, I took, yeah, I took, uh, I took mountaineering classes in in elementary, so <laughs> I know how to cook a good coyote." <laughs> oh my god! Thanks, I hate that. I can't believe you found a coyote. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, he's Jesus. like, "Come here, kids, gather around. I'll cook you up a coyote." <laughs> and uh, he starts cooking the coyote. You're welcome. Okay. Great. Uh, so I. <laughs> that's a great voice. Um, it is a great voice. Too bad I wasted on that dude. That's okay. You can use it again later to for, with a different dude. Sounds like a very deputy Dewey. But all right. So we can't travel through the forest. We have to go around it or figure out some other way. Why? 
Were we planning on going through the forest? Weren't we? Don't we have to go through the forest to get to Skagdal? Well, I mean, the the forest does you don't necessarily need to go through the forest. You can go around the forest. We can just stay through the fields. I only recommended going to the forest for some shelter, but it's well, not necessary. Um, I say we, we just need to really, really steer clear of the forest, and we need to travel very quietly. Um, I saw a soulless crawling towards the forest. Does this guy know what a soulless is? Do you know what a soulless is? Yeah, I know what a soulless is. It's uh, it's one of those those uh, little little baby gobblers, right? They gobble, yeah. they gobble the souls of babies. Mm-hmm. Those ones. That's not and... true, but okay. <laughs> but basically true. I'm just, I'm just nodding and agreeing. I'm like, uh huh, yeah. Um, you got the basic idea, babies and souls. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we need to stay really clear of those because where those are going, there's a bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to deal with, you know, whatever she's got to offer either. The Roostmaster is scratching his chin, like trying to picture a bigger one. Um, and he's just like, hmm, a big, a big yucky baby gobbler. Hmm. And basically, so he starts to try to describe what he's picturing. And what he pictures is, you know, the little like, the little like worm larva from Dark Souls. Oh my God. The, the big, you know, the big, the big baby faced larva things from uh. the prison area. That's what he's, he's just like, so a big, a big mama baby to gobbler. It has like, it's, it's like a big baby face, but it's like the size of my body. And he like motions to his, his entire dwarven body. I've never seen a picture of one. So I don't know what what it looks like i don't think so maybe all i know is that there's something called a brood mother and it's in the forest with its lamp or whatever and the undead babies are crawling at it and i don't want to mess with it he doesn't fully understand what he's like what you're saying but he understands it's bad and bad is not good so he's on board great cool break Oh, you guys coming over for some coyote? <laughs> uh, as you guys walk back into the camp circle. Back in my day, they were called coyote. You wanted some peyote? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Better than peyote. It's peyote now. <laughs> that's a that's a payout. You need Jesus a payout? Christ. All right, all right, all right. Everybody stop. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. I'm out of the podcast. <laughs> Tap me out. That's it. Fucking quit. Oh, I'm out of coffee. You had a question to ask, Britt. I don't remember. You were going to ask if the kids had eaten. Did all the kids eat? Yeah. The redneck dwarf over here fed all the kids first. Good. I won't eat if not everybody else has eaten. I'm going to let everybody else eat before me. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you guys do still have your ration bars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. So, I mean, you guys can eat those or share them, whatever, but not everyone is able to eat, but anyone who does not have a phylactery has eaten. Okay. I pass out my ration bars also to, like, some people who didn't get to eat, and then I want to station my mech next to, like, the inner circle of, like, the kids and the people who are, like, in the most danger. I want to put him, like, right next to them so that, you know, he can protect them if anything happens. Oh, my God. All right, so you got the mech stationed next to Omama. Yeah. I forgot he was with us. Does that mean the Grove Guardian's here too? Yeah, buddy. Oh my god. Alright. This changes the game. <laughs> I could have taken him out to hunt with me, but no. 
I was too angry. I was too angry to think about that. I just like stomped off very angrily. Oh, I do apologize to uh, the Roostmaster. And then I ask him his name so you can stop pretending that you don't know his name. It's nice of you to finally ask my name after, well, an entire day and all the things we've gone through. The name's Boyd. Roostmaster Boyd. I mean, to be fair, we were all a little bit stressed out. Yeah, he scratches the back of his neck a little bit uncomfortable and he's like, I understand and maybe I was a little bit too harsh, but you got to understand like these griffins, they're my babies and I just lost a lot of them. So I understand. And at the same time, you might have lost more had we not all been there. So maybe take it easy on us. I mean, fair fair enough. I don't mean to I don't mean to tell you how to do your job. I'm I'm sorry. Oh my God, just kiss already. Yeah. Gross. Not gross, Boyd. Gross humility doesn't have any interest in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I offer my hand for a handshake. He he grabs you by the forearm and gives you a good firm grip because he has Great. a handshake. It's not a dwarf. That's thing. fine. I do whatever. Great. It does feel like you guys have kind of resolved these current tensions, but he maybe not. He's maybe not like said everything he needs to say, but it's not the time right now. So he just gives you that. Uh, truce, truce grip, then moves on to kind of make sure everybody gets settled because it's the sun, the sun is has set behind the mountains now, so it's getting pretty dark. Um, really, I was not intending you guys to spend as much time as you did in camp, so you're kind of this is kind of your ball game right now. You tell me what's going on. Oh, I don't know what time is it roughly. Let's say like nine p.m. All right, who's starting? I I'll start first watch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nothing happens during your first watch. I don't know. Who's next? I'll be next. I'm just going to tap Humility's shoulder and just to like kind of wake her up. And then I'm just going to like pass out and fall over. Nice. Your Grove Guardian cuddles up with you. That's adorable. Humility, you take your perch atop the golem and watch throughout the night. And you know what? Roll a perception check. Maddie does not like that. Uh, Eight. You see in the sky a bunch of wisps and they are, they're kind of heading south. And in the distance, carried by the wind again, you hear the sound of crying. It is a great distance away, but it sounds like it's also moving south. Good thing we're not going south. Um, And that's all that happens. Great. I don't feel the need to like talk through my whole round. And then it's me. Sylvie, do you, are you doing anything in particular or just kind of watching? Um, I'm kind of watching, but can I uh, can I get some tree bark? We're in a field. Oh, damn it. Later. Your girl's just trying to make potions, okay? No, I gotcha. And I plan on giving you tree bark. You do know the way the potion making works, right? Don't I have to just have all that stuff? What, what potion are you trying to make? I don't know. I have blood moss, chaga caps, um, iron wood, razor wood... Sue shrooms, raid shrooms, mandrake, something, I don't know. Mandrake, I think. Cloud caps, cat's eye, um, and then lichen, and that direwolf fur. Do you have tetherwort yet? No. With that chaga cap and that blood moss, you could attempt, if you have advanced potion making, um, you could attempt to make a potion. But basically, if you're looking at the guide and if you're looking at some potions... There's a list of ingredients, the effect, and then there's the difficulty. And if you look at the difficulty, it starts um, with four, and that's how many ingredients you're using. And so the easiest chance of rolling a craft check to make this, to make a potion, is based on, or is, is using all four ingredients. 
but you could choose to just use blood moss and attempt a craft check. And if you got a 16 or better, you would make a greater healing potion. Oh. So you don't need to have all the ingredients. It's just a better chance of crafting a potion if you have all the ingredients. Oh, so if I use like a chaga cap and the blood moss, then I have a higher chance of making a greater healing potion. Oh, okay. I do have potion making. I like that mechanic. Thank you. I think that's, I think I, it was inspired by Skyrim for that one. Um, yeah. Can I maybe try doing that? Does that take away from like my perception or anything while I'm watching? No, but if you do like pass or fail, it does use the component just so you know. It does. I know. I'm using those two ingredients. I got a 13. When I said you had some chaga cap and some blood moss, it, it means you do have more than one. So I'll go ahead and give you a bundle of five of those. Um, and you can decide how many of those ingredients you use to make how many potions you want. So you only used one of each of those com- of those components to successfully make this potion. Oh, so I made a greater healing potion? You successfully made a greater healing potion. Yay! If you want, you can make more potions, whatever you like. You can spend your experience. But um, overall, the night is completely uneventful. So you guys are safe. So you guys wake up with those of you who were sleeping. Your rest was a good one. It was it was a well-deserved sleep since you spent an entire day basically dealing with a volcano and a whole bunch of monstrosities. It's a bit of a, a chilly morning, but the sun is shining. It's beautiful. It's just a bit crisp. There is still smoke rising from Groover Limb, and it is blotting out portions of the sky. You see this enormous shadow overcast on, uh, well, directly beneath the the plume of smoke that is spreading northward but otherwise there's nothing else really happening some of the kids are complaining about being hungry you guys could hunt or you could start making the trip let's start making the trip and see if we can find food as we go okay um i'd like for you to roll a survival check while you do that all of us uh whoever's hunting oh i'm not looking for food 12 fantastic you're able to uh get ahead of the group a little bit and catch a few squirrels cool Sylvie, do you want to roll a survival check to look for more alchemical ingredients? I would. Wonderful. Go ahead and do it. Um, oh, 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 oh. I just got an eight that time. An eight? Okay. Yeah. As you guys are approaching Skagdal, you do kind of go through some of the uh, more pockets of trees near the forest. And along the way, you do find some tree bark. And then you also see up in the trees some mistletoe. Can I get that? Trying to trying to fuck Balder up, dude. That was hilarious. Um, you could roll a athletics check to cl- try to climb the tree, or you could ask somebody's giant mech to pick it out of the tree for you. Hey, um, hey, can you get your giant mech to get that for me? Uh, yeah, I do that, and it does. Bless. Thank you. You got it, buddy. So you have three mistletoe and however much tree bark you want. A hundred tree bark. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, sure. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. How many of the kids would be able to sit on the Grove Guardian? Uh, two kids. Oh, just two? Dang. But um, Omama has been carrying some of the children, too. Okay. I'll walk if, like, the Grove Guardian would carry some kiddos. All right. And then uh, the other griffins have been carrying kiddos, too. So the rest of the people are just walking. What time in the morning did you guys leave? You said you slept for, like, nine or ten hours? Yeah, so we would have left around, like, seven. So 7 a.m. is when you guys left? Yep. Okay. It is starting to get dark as you guys are wandering through these pockets of trees and portions of this field. And then 
the, the first thing you see is actually the, the steeple of the church of Skagdal poking out from the trees. And then as you're continuing westward, you're able to see torchlight and you're finally able to see, pe- see people standing atop some of these walls. Uh, and your uh, mob, I don't know, your caravan. Yeah, there you go. Your caravan of refugees have all finally made it to Skagdal. It is 5 p.m., so it's not necessarily dark yet, but it is getting dark because of how close to the mountains you guys are. A man atop the gate to the township of Skagdal uh, holds a torch over and calls out, Oi, you goes there? Uh, Virgil's hard of hearing, so he's just like, What? <laughs> I, I said you goes there. Come People again? seeking refuge. <laughs> are you from... Oh my, oh my goodness. Are you from... That was a horrible <laughs> accent of whatever I just did. Oh my that God. Was awful. Oh my, oh where my are goodness. they from? <laughs> that's, uh, that's Maddie's opinion of a Scottish yeah. accent. Oh my God. Um, oh that's my what I was goodness. mimicking right there. Oh my goodness. Oh <laughs> my God. No. Just, let me, just let me know if you need me to do an accent. <laughs> mm. Oh my good. Are you are you from, from Groovalim? Are you from... Are you... You survived Groovalim? Yeah. I wouldn't call it surviving. What would you call it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, get, get, get in here quick. We saw, we saw Solus coming by, by yesterday. And then, and then, and he kind of like panics for a second and looks around and says, there's also another beastie we seen yesterday. It just showed up last night and it's, you gotta get in quick. Get, get the gates, get the gates. He calls, he calls down and, um, the gates begin to open for you and your 60 plus people who survived. Yeah, let's go in. Yeah. You guys walk into the township of Skagdal and it's a, it's kind of a humble little township. Brittany explained to me the difference between a town, a village and a township. And basically what a township is, is it's a little bit bigger than a village, but it's smaller than a town. So yep. <laughs> um, that's, that's basically what you've walked into is a, it's a it's a little settlement that is bigger than a village, smaller than a town. It has a church. So the first order of business that Boyd would like to take care of is getting everybody a freaking phylactery. Yep, same. Um, in this town, and so he he's already like talking to the guards about getting the cleric of Skagdal over here to get some phylacteries going. That sounds wonderful. Can I get a quick phylactery for Baby Griff? You absolutely can, and um, when you mention that, Boyd's just like, "Oh, uh, yeah, and I'd like, I'd like all of my griffins to have a phylactery too. Get get everybody in here a phylactery, except that thing." And he he points at the golem. He's like, "I don't think that thing can have a phylactery." I look, I just kind of like look, glance at the Grove Guardian to see if they're even like interested or if they know what's going on. Uh, I don't know if you remember that Grove Guardians are sentient sapients, so she. She, he, I don't remember what it is. Um, it, it knows what's going on. Does it want one? Uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And there's a reason behind that. It's not just me being an asshole. Like the group no, just doesn't want I, it. I, that's why I didn't okay. like ask for it to happen. I wanted to test that. Okay, cool. You wanted to, you wanted to test me, see if I remembered? Well, no, I, I want, I like, I, <laughs> no, I just didn't know if it even could or if it would want one and I wanted to leave it up to it. Um, it could, it doesn't want one. Gotcha. 
and I'm just going to, I'm just, I don't want to be perceived as a douchebag who's trying to take away your, no. your Grove Guardian. No. Um, I am going to make it like the reason why is because Leica perceives the phylactery system as unnatural. That's why none of the Leica cult have phylacteries. Therefore, the Grove Guardian would also not get a phylactery. You guys are all moving to this church, this massive group of people that is uh, larger than the population of Skagdal, I'm pretty sure. You're all walking through these cobblestone streets and you see that the township is made of a number of buildings, mix of both stone and wood. It's this kind of cute architecture thanks to the stone mines of the Cligant Range and then also from all of the lumber and lumbering from the nearby forest. As you're walking through the streets of this little hilly town, you do pass by a couple other notable locations. One of the most prominent, um, it's almost the same size as as the church, which is kind of scary seeing as how the, the township is a township. But you, you pass by and you see painted in bright pink on a sign, Skagdoll's Shag Hall. What the fuck? Oh my god, Where have, that's what? beautiful. <laughs> That's a that's a real thing I named it. Um, as you say that, some dude's thrown through a window. This human male, he's thrown through a window and crashes into the street. Oh um, my god! Then, <laughs> I'm gonna go get a bite to eat. You can tell that it's it's a pretty poppin' joint in there. There's some live music going. Some people are shouting. The guy who was thrown through a window uh, picks himself up, brushes off the glass, and then picks up the tankard that he had with him and goes back inside and starts shouting and everyone's laughing. You have no clue what the fuck just happened. Yikes. And then Sylvie, another location, catches your interest. There's this cute little home that is surrounded by this little garden with a few small like sapling trees that are all fruit bearing um and immediately you can tell that there are some alchemical components within that garden and this place has another sign that's called the witch's wharf it's a little alchemical shop and then you guys also see that there is a small smith that's right next to the church but it's this this guy looks like he mainly focuses in like horseshoes he doesn't do much of the blacksmithing with weapons and stuff. He's kind of a a little gangly guy with broad shoulders. Um, he is human. And the only reason his shoulders are so broad is because of like swinging his hammer a whole bunch. Otherwise, he's a pretty thin dude. I'm all about that alchemical shop. It is like five or six. So people are kind of calming down for the evening. You do see that most people in the streets are actually rushing to their homes. Uh, but yeah, you guys get to the Skagdal Church. Um, did I see any weaponsmiths? No. No gnomes around? Nope. There's one smith and he's a little gangly human man and uh, he forges horseshoes and pickaxes and that's it. Is there a place where I could get Elasta or armor here? Not in Skagdal. Okay. No worries then. It's a township. Yeah, Skagdal's a, a mining township. So um, if you want to roll a history check, Virgil, you can go ahead and do that real quick. I think I might even have history because I'm an old fuck. Yep, here we go. Three. Jesus. <laughs> an old fuck who can't remember shit, apparently. So with your knowledge of history and with your three, you know that Skagdal has no historic significance, which probably means that there's not much happening in Skagdal. Except for the classy establishment of the Shag Hall. 
What? It's probably the reason why they built Skag Dolls Shag Hall because they had nothing else going for the them. The Shag Hall, wink, wink. It's their biggest draw. It's the first time you've heard of it. The whorehouse. <laughs> hey, it's a Shag Hall. I thought that was a really clever name. I was, was I was beautiful. thrilled that I came up with that. I think that's great. I had to, I had to actually look up. Um, I had to use a thesaurus to find another word for like sex because I knew that there was some English slang for it. And so I had to I had to Google uh, English slang for for sex. <laughs> There's a sex house. God, yeah, dude. Wh- what do you think shag hall means? I know, but why is there one here? Because there's nothing else happening for skag doll. They it's a have to find town. some way to entertain themselves. Okay. You guys all get your phylacteries, and all the griffins get phylacteries. You guys saved all the baby griffins too, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all baby griffins have phylacteries now too. I don't think I have anything to do here. Yeah, I, uh, I'm mostly just like trying to fuel up and help the refugees in any way that I can. At this point, it makes sense for if people like have family like in Skagdal or have family somewhere other than Grand Cathedral for them to like get there instead of coming with us to Grand Cathedral. But I make it, I make everybody else aware that um, we will be heading to Grand Cathedral if they would like an escort. Most of them tell you that a lot of their family was in Groverlim. I make a sad face. I make a sad face, she says. Aww. There's really no place for them to go except for Grand Cathedral. That being said, they are dwarves. So once in Grand Cathedral, they they do say that perhaps they'll head to uh, Hartvugd, Stigbrat, or, or Cragdeer. Cragdeer is pretty close, but... Yeah, I think they're I think they're more concerned about staying near safety. And if you guys as the adventurers are heading to Grand Cathedral, they're also gonna want to head to Grand Cathedral until they have other people to escort them somewhere else. That's fair. So they all wanna come? Uh yeah. Right now, that's the plan. Especially because they're feeling a little bit better, um, having phylacteries at Skagdal. But it is five PM or it's it's like six PM now. Maybe 6.30 since uh, you guys all had to get phylacteries. Yes, they did say that they we should probably rest because of um, the travels and like the things that have been outside of town. And also, like I kind of want to turn in for the night because I do want to check out that shop before we go to Grand Cathedral, if that's okay. Yeah. The town doesn't really have enough homes to give everybody a roof over their head. And the Skagdal Shag Hall is more concerned about giving actual paying customers wink wink a room than just like taking up their room or filling their rooms with somebody who is just planning on sleeping this makes me feel gross i don't like that it makes me feel really gross um but i will i'm gonna camp outside okay like wait camp outside but inside the city i will too most of the other people do the same uh the guards allow some people especially the children and some of the older folk to sleep in their barracks in the guardhouse but they don't have enough beds to, you know, meet all the needs. And then the church offers a few of their clerics beds too. Um, but the church only really has like three clerics on standby. So they don't have a lot of space either. Um, which means that about 45 of you guys are hanging out outside. But a couple dwarves do partake in uh, the shag hall. So they've got a couple people sleeping there too. You got to let off steam somehow. I mean, honestly, and it's a panic thing. Like natural disaster happens and people have sex. It's just what happens. Yeah. So some of these dwarves are just like, 
just got to live while you can, and they enter the shag hall. No judgments whatsoever. I have no interest in any of that, but no judgments. <laughs> Boyd hangs out with you guys and the rest of the ta- of the survivors of Groverlim. You guys set up camp, and it is dark. Um, the sun has set behind the mountains and the rim, and that is around the time that you start hearing shouting. From outside or? From the walls. From the walls. Okay. Uh, can we go see what hap- what's happening? Yeah. A couple of the guards are at the gate and they're, now that you're closer, you hear what they're saying. The guard who allowed you guys access is just like, hey, it's back. It's it's back. Everyone. We got to keep an eye on this thing. It's here. It's here. And he starts like waving his torch um, around the edge of the wall. You guys are not on top of the wall, but once you get up there, you look down and I need you to roll a perception check. I roll an eight. I forgot I don't actually have perception, but I have a five reason. I got a nine. A five reason, so that's a zero. Or do you have a ten reason with a modifier of five? Wait. Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. That's what I meant is the modifier of five. Okay, I was like, I thought Virgil had a really high reason. Yeah. What the heck? Next. Virgil, you only see shifting movement. The shadows cast by the torches and the trees and just the darkness in general it makes it so it's really hard for you to see what exactly is in there. You do have dark vision, so you're able to pick out that whatever it is, it is uh, fleshy. No. Sylvie and Humility, you guys get a better look at this thing before it shrinks back into the trees in the torchlight. It looks like a mass of limbs. <laughs> you just see a whole bunch of black and pink arms reaching up at the wall, scratching and then shriveling back into the trees um, when the torchlight touches them. And then as soon as the guard pulls the torch back over the wall, you feel this rumble and crash against the wall as whatever this mass is crashes against it with a uh, renewed vigor. But overall, it just seems like it's scratching at the wall. It can't can't break through right now. Can we drop fire on it? Can we drop just a torch on it? I'd like to do that. (laughs) You're gonna get us into battle. You drop the torch down on it, and as soon as the torch crashes against whatever this thing is, it bounces off and chars the fleshy bit, um, darkening the flesh a little bit. And then as the torch falls to the ground, whatever this mass um, is, shrinks back into the trees. And uh, it does not come back to the wall as long as that torch remains lit. So we should light the entire outside of the wall, like tomorrow morning. <laughs> I tell I tell the like guard this. I'm like, you need to get your dudes out there and you need to make sure that torches are lit before nightfall like every night. He's like, "Oh, that's that's a really good idea. I I can't, I can't believe we didn't think of that. I'm I'm so glad you're here. We, we're not we're not equipped for this kind of thing. Like the we we haven't really had to deal with anything. The, the occasional like earth elemental, I guess, in the mines, but that's nothing. Uh nothing a a good old pickaxe can't resolve, but the walls have pretty much always protected Skagdol. Well, they still can, as long as they're lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I like this plan. Uh, we'll get some stuff set up in the morning. Thanks. What was your name again, lass? Humility. Oh, that's a, that's a cute little name, and he, he tussles right <gasps> Okay, I'm going to attempt to keep my cool, and I'm going to back away from this gentleman politely. 
and take a deep breath <laughs> and try not stay humble humility I you're just... you're a, you're a smart one humility i <laughs> to stay humble i like you my eyes twitching a little bit as i'm like thank you i'm going to go back to bed now and he's going to go back to watching the uh the wall great in the morning Everyone is more well well rested. They got a bit more sleep, even though they're sleeping outside still. Um, but they got to rest easy, knowing that they're phylacteries. Well, that they have phylacteries. Sylvie, you said you wanted to go and visit that shop? Yes, please. Okay. Um, it is run by an old, old woman who looks to be as old as Virgil, but she's a human, so she's probably only in her, like, 70s or 80s. I come on in. I walk inside. Uh, a little bell dings above the door and she turns to look at you her hair a total mess it looks like it's supposed to be an afro but it looks like a potion blew up in her face and she just left her hair that way and she sees you walk in she's like oh hello dearie oh my god she looks like your typical uh witch and sounds like your typical witch she's got a nice mole on her nose, it looks like it could be a wart, but it's just a mole. And then there's a little black cat that roams around the shop as well. Oh my god, I I love her. <laughs> Hello. You're don't put on any rings, okay? Okay, I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> I'm not going to. You're new here, I see. Welcome, mm. welcome. Mm. Thank you. What can what can little old me do for you today? Well, I'm looking for some ingredients for potions and poison. Well, I don't think there's a better place in Coil than uh, my humble home to supply you with ingredients. Wonderful. Anything in particular you're looking for, dear? I guess I'm looking for like like nightshade, deathcap, black mold, and, and lichen. I mean, I have lichen, my bad. Just like, yeah, nightshade, deathcap, and black mold. Oh, looking, looking to deal a little hurt there, are we? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got, I've got plenty of nightshade, and it's, yeah, for all the nightshade I have, I mean, this, this stuff just grows outside the walls. So it's now, it's not safe to just leave Skagdal. So, I mean, you came to the right place if you're looking for a safe, discreet nightshade pickup. Yeah. A single gold per. Or nightshade is fair, don't you think, dear? Oh yeah, for sure. And how would you? How many would you like? Uh, let me see if I got. She does cut her words off like that. It's like she's in the middle of saying a word and then she moves on. Like she's got more important things to say than the word she just started saying. Um, I'll take fifteen. Fifteen nightshade. Are we planning on poisoning the township? Do I need to uh, be worried? <laughs> Do I need to alert the guard? <laughs> no, not at all. It's just kind of a last sort of thing and. I have to experiment, of course. She makes a face like she's really confused. And she says, experiment in killing folks? No, in making poison. For killing folks. I'm kidding, killing dear. <laughs> it's an, this is an absolutely discreet business. Anyone who comes here is... <laughs> Garfield, fucking chill. Welcome, is welcome to, to purchase their items without any concern for me alerting anyone. 15 nightshade for 15 gold. Sounds fair. Let's do it. Sweet. And does she have any um, elven blood, perhaps? Or is that something that I would find in, like, a market? Well, elven blood is a little bit more difficult to come by with the elves having left a couple decades ago. Um, So I have some, but it's not cheap. Yeah, I figured. It'd be, for one vial, it'd be fair as fair. It'd be 30 gold. 
That's not awful. I do have that. I'll take a vial of Elven blood as well. All right. Anything else? Yeah. Can I a tetherwort? Oh, honey, I've got plenty of tetherwort. I'll give you a bundle of bundle of ten for one gold. Oh, sounds great. It is out of season though, so I don't have a lot. That's okay. I'll just take one bundle. Um, I think that's all for now. Wonderful. Well, I'm always here and sometimes everywhere. So you just, you let me know if you need anything, dear. Will do. What's your name? The, the name's Bruins, dear. But but like the bear. She lifts up her shirt and turns around so you can see her tramp stamp of a bear. <laughs> oh my God. It's a little warm. She needs to open up another shop called Bear Necessities. Yes. Oh my Why God. Why is that not its name? <laughs> Oh, because we didn't think that far ahead, but I am going to come up with that oh and it will, God. and she'll run the same shop. Yes. Then she'll be like, hey, it's you again. <laughs> Dead. She has a portal um, in her back room. She runs shops all over the fucking, yeah, all over Coil. Bruins, my new favorite character. Uh, I'm, I'm like slightly horrified by this like bear tram stamp, but I'm like, nice to meet you. I'll see you around. Thank you for the alchemical ingredients. Um, as you turn around and walk out the door, the bell rings, and I need you to roll a perception check. Uh, I got a 10. A 10. You hear her whisper something, and then you walk out. To me? Am I cursed? You have no idea, because you didn't roll high enough perception to know what she whispered. Ah, uh, I want to know. I know, me too. <laughs> Can you just tell me and Dylan? Um, I can just say what she said, but, um... We won't Sylvie, know. you don't Not know. You, yeah, you won't know. Yeah, say it. Um, as, as you rang the bell and walked out after you said, I'll see you around, she whispered, Oh, yes, you will, dear. Sylvie, as you're leaving um, and you hear this whisper, you don't hear what she says, but with your perception check, you are able to catch something out of the corner of your eye. You see the cat and you're walking out and it's staring at you, and then its little tongue sticks out, and it's not a cat tongue. It's almost like it's the tongue of an iguana. You leave, and you feel like there's something more going on with old lady Bruins. Necroforge was created by Paul and Brittany Swenson, and they are joined in playtesting by Maddie Eby and Dylan Krischer. The Forge is edited by Brittany Swenson, with music by Darren Curtis. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, please rate and review us, it really helps. Have a question? Comment? Want to host your own Necroforge campaign? Email us at necroforge at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And remember... None of this is possible without your continued listenership. So thank you, and we'll see you next time.